Welcome to track number one of the blessings of Abraham. So it's a blessing. I bring you greetings from Ghana. Where's Gamal? Is he here? He's on his way. Okay. Where's Paul? I don't see Paul. He's also on his way. That's a Paul. Where is he? You also organizing. A lot of organization. Yes. Wow. Okay. Great. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 3. Great. There's a chair here. Somebody sitting there. Okay. There's a chair right there. Or you can sit in front right here on my chair. <laughs> Great. Um, the question is, I'm sharing about the blessings of Abraham. Question is, who are the true sons of Abraham? Do you get it? If you if you read the Bible, the Old Testament is the Torah. Okay? So my theme is the blessings of Abraham. If you read the Bible, you'll find out that. The Old Testament was or is the Bible for Jews. Okay? Um, are you there? The Old Testament is the Bible of the Jews. They call it the Torah. Okay? And Jews are a special group of people in the world. They are God's chosen people. And they see themselves as the sons of Abraham. They believe that three people have changed the whole world. The three people that have changed the world are Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whole world has been changed because they founded what they call monotheism which is that there is one God Abraham is the founder of a new religion in that religion they explained 
that there is one God, and that God is not an idol. It's not a, an idol that you can touch. You understand? Yeah. But He is a God who created heaven and earth far greater than any wood or stone that you could ever have. Are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me very well? Because I'm not shouting. I don't know if you give them enough volume. Alright? I shout when I'm doing evangelism. This is not evangelism. Alright. Are you there? Yes. Now they believe that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob changed the whole world. And through these three patriarchs, fathers, Jacob is the grandson of Abraham. And Isaac is the son of Abraham. So Abraham's children, you know, the line that came out from him have affected the whole world because out of them have come the Jews, the Christians, and the Muslims. Is it not true? And it has affected everything that is being done in the world today. Everything is affected by them. Now, so the the traditions of Jews, right, uh, have been taught the stories of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Esther, Nehemiah. You know how they saved Israel and they kept salvation of Israel up to today. They actually have modern Davids, David and Goliath. They have a, they have modern. Davids, who fought in this 67 war, 60 war, and so on. Modern ones. They have modern, there's a lady called Shula. Shula. They see her as a modern day Esther, who saved Israel many times. And she was a spy in Lebanon. And she was at the highest level. She was, the Prime Minister took her as his daughter. Ramsar had three children, added her to his children, made her four, made his children four, Syria or Lebanon. And then, by her position there, she saved Israel many times. So, they have modern day David, which fought with Goliath. There's a, a commander of a tank called, uh, forget his name. And he, they also see him as a kind of David. He fought with just about 30 tanks against about 1,400 tanks coming from Syria. And he was able to overcome at the end. So, it's a wonderful group of people. They believe in tithing over the years. They are the richest ethnic group of people. Uh, in America, if you take the average income of an American to be 100 units or 100 dollars, 100. They have rated all the ethnic groups in America to see how the income is like. Now, the lowest are black and Hispanics at a level of 62. 
Then different countries, Hol- Dutch people, Germans, whatever, form up to 100. Americans, average, average American, 100. Then it goes up the highest, the second highest is Japanese. Japanese in America. And there's at level 132. But the highest is the Jews, which is 178. Yeah, Yeah, it's a very unusual group of people. And there are only 13 million of them in the whole world. I mean, that's spread out all around. So, they believe all these things apply to them in a special way. One day I was in... um, Jerusalem, and I met a certain brother from Ghana, and I asked him how he's able to stay. He said, oh, a lot of Ghanaians and Nigerians and so on, but who don't have papers, they don't have stay. So I said, oh, what work do you do? He said, oh, we are clean, we are house helps in the houses and so on. So I said, oh, why do they not, I mean, why, why, how can you are able to stay? He said, oh, there is a verse in Zion where the Bible says, nations shall come and serve thee. So they believe that that verse is being fulfilled when they see the Ghanaians, Nigerians, and others serving, cleaning, and so on. You understand? I'm just trying to explain to you that there is another group who really believe these things in the Bible. Isaiah, Genesis, Abraham, Isaac, they know the stories. Even there are more additions to these stories that they have, apart from the ones that we have. You get it? Yeah. So, they believe that they have the blessings of Abraham in their life. You see, because Jacob, the grandson of Abraham, he vowed, he said, if you will be with me, and if you will help me, I will give you one tenth of all that I have, and I will serve you. If you provide me for me, and you protect me and keep me, I'll give you a tenth. That's a covenant made. And Jews today, they are in America. They are the largest giver of money to charity and to whatever. They give four billion dollars a year, and that's how much they give. That's the giving. Two billion, they give it to their rabbis, to the synagogues first. Then at tithe, then seven hundred and something thousand, they give to some other charities, and then to some to Israel and other things that they donate to. You know, and they are the wealth. If you take the top uh, 400 billionaires, they are like 40%. The first group, all oh, Jews, 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 whatever. It's a very unusual oh, yes, uh, group of people. So they believe that they have the blessings of Abraham. I do believe that they have the blessings of Abraham. But there is some very important news. For all of us. Yeah. That. And it's breaking news. Yes. Now, people like you and I, 
also entitled to this blessing of Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Goes to great lengths to explain why we are entitled to the blessings of Abraham. Even though when I look at your black face, you don't belong anywhere near Israel. When I see your features, you belong to the Congo River. You belong to the River Nile. You belong to some other place. But you see, the Apostle Paul, he explains Somebody like you and somebody like me are entitled to the blessings of Abraham. Wow. Are you excited that you are going to be added to something that you originally, you know, you, you even belong to the curses of some fetish preserver or the curse of some other family? But now God is adding you to the blessings of Abraham. Hallelujah. Are you excited about that? That is why I want you to read Galatians chapter 3. Let's read this one. You foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in so then does he who provides you with the spirit and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing with faith okay, now notice even so Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness is it not true? therefore be sure I'm reading from the New American Bible. Be sure that it is those who are of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Did you understand what Paul was trying to say? He said that Abraham was considered righteous because he believed. Because he had faith. Therefore, those who have faith, you get it? are the sons of Abraham because we are the sons of the faith movement. Because Abraham was the first person to please God by having faith. When God said, you are going to have many nations, he believed. You get it? But he goes on to explain. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith Preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, 
all the nations will be blessed in you. You see, what, what Abraham was told was that all nations will be blessed in you and through you. You see, that includes Ghana. That includes Sierra Leone. That includes Nigeria. That includes Gambia. I don't know where you are from. Sudan. Is anybody here from Sudan? We had a Sudanese lady here the last time I came. Is she still around? Huh? Sudan. Okay. What other country do you have here? Australia. Australia. What other country? Kenya. Papua New Guinea. Botswana. Sierra Leone. Zimbabwe. Congo. All nations will be blessed in Abraham. So not only Israel. You see, but the Israelis don't like that. But you see, it is because of this that some Jews are being converted. But when they read the thing themselves, because it is the what is read in the when you read Genesis, God said, God said to Abraham, I will bless you. All nations will be blessed. I'm going to read it. It's not the New Testament. Thereby, because the Christian Bible is exactly there's no changing of a dot or a t or why is exactly the Jewish that's what they use 100 percent in James everything same exactly exactly and this is quoted this is a quotation from the Torah all nations will be blessed in Abraham or by Abraham so that is already start to show that Abraham's influence and blessings going to go way beyond one little country. So there are two reasons. Now we have the fact that Abraham was a righteous man by faith and we are therefore also faith people. So we are sons of Abraham. I mean, it's, it's like how do you say it? It's like um, this person, uh, somebody starts a movement of love and you are also a love person. And so we are all sons, we are all coming from the same line. A love group of people. So our father is this father of love. The love father who started the whole thing is our father because we are all products and all from that same line of faith or love. So that's the second thing that he explains. Is that he goes on and says, So then, those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham the believer. Amen. 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 And it goes on to explain why Israelites are also cursed. In verse 10, he says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Huh? So the laws that they had that Moses gave them, they couldn't fulfill them. And cursed is everyone who does not fulfill all. All means all. Then he says, now that no one is justified by the law before God, it's evident. Because the Bible says, and he's quoting, this is an Old Testament. Does it show in your Bible when it's Old Testament? My Bible has it in capital letters. 
does yours have any capital letters? Yeah. If it's in capital letter, then it is lifted from the altar. This is Habakkuk 2 4. The judge shall live by his faith. It's the Torah. That's why you can preach Christ from the Old Testament. But how do you think Christ was explained to the Jews? Or in those days, they were using the Old Testament to explain the Christ, coming of Christ. So these are all quotations. So he keeps, he uses the Old Testament. But see, we Christians, we are lazy. So we don't go into the altar. We just take the duty. Look, he says we are blessed. So we are blessed. Let's go. There's no time to waste. We don't have time to go to the altar, come and waste our time there. You see, we just believe it and we are moving. Forgive. All right. Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law. That no one is justified by the law before God is evident. For the righteous man shall live by faith. Again, that is a quotation. Verse 12. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Yet again, another quotation. Verse 12, verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. Amen. Amen. Christ swallowed up your curse. What curse is there in your house? What curse is there in your family? What curse is there in your background? Christ became a curse for us. Amen. Amen. So that what will happen? Verse 14. In order that Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. The blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. So this verse is saying it as clearly as can be. That the blessing of Abraham is intended for the Gentiles. Amen. Amen. So from now, I want you to be somebody who believes in the blessings coming to your life. Now let me say something. Most of the things... um, Most of the things that are blessings and that work, they take time. You see, when you look at your life, uh, it's going to take time for certain blessings to work out. So, in the end, it may be your children and your children's children who will take experience certain blessings. Yeah. You see, for instance, if you come to Christ from a certain background, you know, your, your life is already some way. I don't understand what I'm saying. Your life is some way. You are already beastly. 
you have already learned how to quarrel. Do you get it? You cannot even stop quarreling. You are a wild fornicator. Every relationship you get into is colored by your past relationships. Every marriage you have is colored. Do you understand when I say color? Coloring pencils are coloring your current relationships. Even when you see a good thing, you call it a bad thing. Because you only know a bad thing. Do you see? <laughs> you only know something bad. So when even it is good, you say it is bad. Do you get it? So it's going to take time to recover you from your bad state. Alright? It takes time. So that is why things like prayer, tithing, do you get it? Um, Giving offerings, it takes time for it to even reverse the effects. If you take some of you by now, you become wiser in life. How you should have studied hard in school, but you wouldn't study. When your father says to learn, you won't learn. When your mother says go to school, you go to your boyfriend's house, social fornication, abortions. Nobody knows your real life. You get it. And in spite of all this, you now come to Christ. Now you want the blessings of Abraham. Now the blessing of Abraham is coming to fall on a deep bowl. That is deep down. We have to pour this blessing for a long time before we can reach ground level. Before we can start coming up. Uh, 
Okay, high school certificate. Okay. So I was doing something like that. We had like using the British system, O level and A level. So I was doing level, she was doing it. When she did the exam, she didn't get the school that she wanted. She didn't do as well as she wanted to do. She didn't get it. At that time, I had newly discovered the principle of tithing. That was, I was uh, 16 years old. You get it? Yeah. And so I sat down with her and I explained to her why she would not pass. I asked her whether she tithe. Does she pay tithe? <laughs> I asked, do you pay tithe? <laughs> because I can remember. No, I'm just explaining to you. I, I don't know whether I was right or wrong, but the point that I'm saying is that I can remember having that discussion with her. She was a bit surprised at what I was saying. I said, Oh, it affects exam results. Let's get time to affect your exam results. I told her. I said, she said, are you sure I've been being she led her, she did. I said, look, how you think? The Bible said they're devoured. Something has eaten your results. Give them matter. So when we got married, it was like she was expecting that 
You know, she would. I said, oh, here is all the money is here. Take it. Even I put it there, she would not go there. I said, ah, I've not seen an invisible barrier like this before. But she, in the mind, you know that all your life, if the man has money, it's not something that will be available to you. So even when it is there, I say, all my money is here. Take everything that you want. I don't mind. After today, she doesn't go for it. So I have to take and give to her. It's marvelous. Yes. They are all fantastic things that we come into life with. Are you listening to me? So I'm saying that these messages and the word of God, it works over the long term. When your father tells you, your pastor tells you, you may not believe it. You may think that, oh, just talk, talk, talk. They just want something, something, something. But if you look carefully, you see that what your father told you, what your mother told you, they are true. Recently, I was watching television with my wife. And um, somebody came on television. I can't remember. I wish I could remember. But it was a secular thing. And the person said, my father told me something, and this and that. Then another person came and said, oh, my mother told me, ah, I remember, Richard Nixon. You know Richard Nixon? Yeah, yeah. President yeah. of America. Yeah. yeah. During the war, I think the Yom Kippur War, in, uh, in the Jewish war, where they took the Golan Heights, during that war, Israel was being overrun by the Syrian tanks. They were coming to overrun them. And they were in a crisis. Okay? Yeah. And the president of Israel, Golda Meir, she called the president of America, President Nixon, at 3 a.m. in the morning and told him, she said, Mr. President, Israel is going to be destroyed. We need your help urgently. And President Nixon at 3 a.m. in the morning took a phone call and he said as she was talking he was in the middle of his Watergate crisis he was about to be cast out of being a president he was about to lose his presidency and Henry Kissinger had said let Israel bleed yeah. but he said as he was on the phone to his mother uh, to, his, to, the, uh, to this president of Israel he remembered his mother. He said, his mother was sitting in front of him. He said, his mother told him, one day, you will need to help Israel. He said, his mother told him the stories of David and Goliath and this and that. And he said, it was as if his mother was sitting. One day, you will be called upon to help Israel. You must do what you have to do to help. He said, well, as his mother was sitting. And then he just said to go, what is it that you need? She said she had a list ready. I need these tanks. I need these guns. I need this, this, this. And she said it was the largest airlift of ammunition, weapons, and tanks since the Second World War. Within 24 hours, all the tanks and everything that they needed were airlifted from the United States of America into Israel. And the whole world then ran. So after you're watching, my wife said, This thing, it always happened. People always my father told me. My father told me. My mother said this. My father, and she said, we should talk to our children because 
they always remember. See, my father told me this way. My father told me this way. My father told me this way. I remember my father told me. I remember my mother told me. You see, as life goes by, you will remember that. You see, they said it. This is it. My pastor said this. My father said this. My mother said this. And you see that many of those things are true. So what I'm saying is that that prayer is important. That paying tithe is important. Over the years, you will see if you don't see today. Eh? One day, one day will come. You will see. Yeah. That over the years, you will go up to realize that what was said was true. You should have obeyed it. You should have followed it. You know? So I want you to really... What I'm sharing with you about the blessings of Abraham is not something that is going to come suddenly to change everything. But I believe that the blessings of Abraham are going to come in your life. The blessings of Abraham are many. Abraham was very rich. Number one. That one is a nice one that we all love. Is it not true? Genesis 13 says, and Abraham was very rich. So, the difference between Jews, one of the reasons why Jews get richer more easily than Christians is because in the Old Testament, by the Torah, which is Genesis, Abraham, they say Abraham was rich. Jacob was rich. Isaac was rich. None of them were poor. So they had to be rich. Money is good. That's all. But we, we Christians, we have, it is harder for a rich man to enter heaven than this and that. Uh, lay up treasures in heaven. Those type of verses, it cancels out some of those things. So we have what you would call in the English, in English, an ambivalent or fluctuating approach to riches. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Yeah. I may not be shouting, but I'm preaching. Yeah. Yeah. We have a fluctuating approach, ambivalent approach to riches. But Jews don't. Jews, the money is good, business is good. It's good to be rich. Our fathers were rich. Abraham was rich. Isaac was rich. Jacob was rich. These are the three men who have changed their life. They were all rich. We must also be rich. That's it. Simple and short. Are you listening? So, what am I talking about? Abraham was rich. Abraham lived for a long time and had a long life. Uh, Abraham, I mean, he was 99 years old and his wife was 19. He had a child, he lived long after that. And then Sarah died. And he married Keturah. And I have read, I've heard that Keturah was about 26 years old. (laughs) Because he came back to so many children with Keturah. A very young, beautiful girl. Number three, 
he, so he lived long. Number three, he survived all his marital crisis. Because almost every crisis in life is related to marriage. How many realize that there are marital crises in Australia? Raise your hand if you have seen some before. There are so many stresses. We are all looking for love. The love is also not coming. You know why? I will tell you. Remind me to tell you what is the meaning of the word limerence. Okay? Number three. And number four. Abraham had all the gifts of the Holy Spirit in his life. Except um, he had the gift of descending of spirits. Isn't it? He saw angels. Is that not one of the gifts? He had the word of wisdom, which speaks about the future, the, the gift of prophecy, the word of wisdom, where he prophesied, he said that your children will be taken to captivity for 400 years. Spoke of the future. Yeah. He had word of um, uh, gift of faith. Yeah. He spoke. He believed, even though he was ninety-nine years old, he was having erectile problems, <laughs> sexual impotence at the age of ninety-nine. Yeah. <laughs> huh? was able to go and sacrifice his son. And God told him. So he had the gift of the Holy Spirit. Healing of him. He prayed for the king, Abimelech. And uh, he was healed. But he asked him, the first important healing. When somebody prayed for someone. Abraham. He had a gift. Huh? Which other one again? Yeah, these are the gifts of these are the gifts that he had. Gifts of faith, healing, word of knowledge. He knew. He knew things. You know, they said. Because a word of knowledge, send your spirit. He knew there were angels there. He knew that uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah was going to be destroyed. He knew all those things. Save Lot through those word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Standing of spirits, gift of faith, gift of healing, all of that. So the Holy Spirit was with him. He's a fair city. So he had, and that's why the Bible says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. That's what that verse says, Galatians 3 14. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Miracles. Miracle of Isaac being born. Yeah. Gift of working of miracles. Prophecy. Word of wisdom. He had all these. Hey, is it the wind? Yeah. Oh, somebody's angry. <laughs> <laughs> he 
He says, in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. Amen. The next blessing that Abraham had was that his descendants were blessed. Amen. Amen. Which is, you know, at the end of the day, if you have a house, what is it for? Huh? Yeah. It's for your children. If you are able to have a mortgage-free house huh? and leave it for your child, it will be a blessing. If all of us had been given a house, if it's just a small apartment, your father was able to give you a small apartment without any mortgage or anything, said, my son, take this in Chelsea, uh, uh, in London, small studio flat or one bedroom flat. Your father will be able to give it to you. Will you not have helped you in your life? You uh, will get nothing. And you see, what you must realize is that much of the wealth that is in the world is passed on from generation to generation. It's not, you, you, it's like how you say, it takes a certain amount of time to climb the mountain. So somebody has climbed the mountain up to 400 meters. Then he gives birth at 400 meters. So when you grow up, your school is at 400 meters. Then you continue climbing to 1,200. Then the guy is at 1,200. Then he gives birth at 1,200. And you are able to climb another 200 to 1,400. Then the guy is at 1,400. He gives birth to another child. Uh, the child gives birth to a child, 1,400. Then you climb 1,000 extra. Because you really study certain things that you find you are 2,400. Then the fourth or fifth generation comes to give birth at 2,400. And before you realize it's at 3,600 meters. Moving. And then another one comes and he gives birth. That we are now five generations down. Every 20 years, another group is coming. And then he gives birth, and that one is at 3,200. And he is able to add, because now he has led everything, he's able to add 2,000, that is 5,200. Then another one comes, he's able to add another 5,000, becomes 6,200. Another one comes, he gives birth at 5,200. He gives birth again at the height of 5,000. He goes to school at the height of 5,200. His school is at 5,200. He gives birth 2,000 meters. He's at 7,200. That's where he lives now. All the family live there. Then he gives birth again at 7,200. And he goes to 9,800. And you come along. So you say, I have the blessing of Abraham. And you are at ground zero. Or you are in the valley. You see, I just want to let us say that you even started. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't understand my message. And that, that, is, that is what many of us, that's the truth about many of our situations. So that we don't understand. Lord, I've been paying my tithe. Lord, I give up. Lord, I do this. Lord, I do this. Why, 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 why? But many of us are going to give birth and people are going to 
going to come after us and start their lives at a certain level, a certain foundation, and they're going to move on upwards. Amen. Amen. And so the descendants become even more blessed. When Abraham was about to die, the Bible says he called all his children, gave them all gifts, and sent them away. You see, God gave him the wisdom. Then he gave everything else he had to Isaac. But he knew they would quarrel with Isaac. So he called all of them and gave them. He said, go travel, 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 travel. Go away. So God, God gave him the wisdom to do things that the people who come after him will be blessed. Isaac, he said something many of us don't say. He said, I'm an old man and I do not know when I will die. Many of us do not think that with I do not know when I will die. Me, I don't know when I will die. I may never get back home. God forbid, but it's possible. And I'm not, I will not reach home. So, I don't know when, I don't know when I will die. There is, when you think that way, I don't know when I will die, some things you will do. Because I don't know when I will die. Some of you live like, I know I will die when I'm 90. I know I will die when I'm 80. I know I'll die when I'm 60. I know I'll die when I'm 70. But you don't know when you will die. Isaac said, I don't know when I'll die. So come. Let me bless you. He called Israel, my firstborn. Make some food for me. That makes me happy. And let me bless you. Blessings come from people who are happy. A frustrated man usually frustrates the people that are coming after That's why he asked me. He didn't want to fast. See, the people put that when you are fasting, then you speak blessings. I want to eat first. That one the anointing is going to come. So please do let me eat when I finish eating. You get it? I'm going to speak the blessings. As when a person is angry or hurt, they can easily curse you. Now, many of us have been cursed, but we don't know. Because a lot of curses are spoken without curse terminology. You understand what I'm like? Cursing terminology. They don't use the word that may you never be this or I curse you. No. Like when Jesus told the people, no one will eat uh, your food again. It's a curse. And that's all the Bible said. Where the thick tree that Jesus had cursed. What does this hold? No one will eat this tree. No one will eat from it again. That's all. Or your mother will say, You will be tired. You will be tired in this life. You, you, will, be, you will suffer. Something, you know. Just as if they are joking. Suffering has attached itself to your life. listening to me? So, the blessings of Abraham are manifold. There are many different blessings that have come, come to, the, to Abraham. Alright? And so, you must determine that that is your destiny. Your future is the blessings of Abraham. Did you hear me? Did I say that he survived all his marital uh, yeah. Amen. Amen. 
hear that uh, when Abraham said he was going to sacrifice Isaac, and after that his marriage broke. <laughs> Sarah was very, very bored with that. <laughs> because we never hear of it. Just heard that she died. A serious spiritual adventure of Abraham going to sacrifice Isaac. What do you mean? The only one child that I'm giving birth to. I'm going to kill him. Can you imagine what he would have said to Sarah when he saw her with the body of Isaac? The body of Isaac that he has killed. So I killed him this afternoon. <laughs> As an offering to God. These are, these are his remains. Can you imagine what would have happened to his marriage? So when Isaac told his mother what happened, how he had lifted the, the knife, he was just about to kill him. He didn't tell anybody where he was going. There are some things you don't discuss with your wife. You don't discuss with your wife. Discuss it with your wife. You never do it. It will not come on you. Even, not even your wife. You don't discuss with anybody. There are a lot of things you discuss. There are some things you don't discuss. I've noticed that anytime I want to give a gift to somebody and I discuss it, I don't give it again. Especially, I don't give what I wanted to give. It always changes. Because everybody has a different conviction. Even husband and wife. I let's give, let's give a thousand. Let's give a hundred. Oh, uh, that person is not you. The person doesn't have the same feeling. Let's give our lives. Uh. Let's not give our lives. Let's give everything. Let's, let's give something. Everybody is different. That's why one of the most dangerous things to do as a minister of the gospel is to get married. One of the most dangerous things that a person can do is to link himself to anybody else. The convictions are different. Before the marriage, everybody says, Oh, yes, I believe. Oh, yes, I want to. You realize that everybody has a different faith. It's a very, very, very dangerous thing. But unfortunately, because of sex, that is why. Zero. Underground. Travel. 
And if you think of your children, like Abraham did and Isaac did, your children will start from another book. They will continue and to get better. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. Say, Lord, I want the blessings of Abraham to be upon me. Now, we have shared about the blessings of Abraham, but now we want to look at who is the man who receives the blessing of Abraham. If you read Genesis chapter 11, Bible says, Abraham and Nahor took wives for themselves. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarah. And the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. Alright. The study Sarah was barren. She had no child. The study one. Terah took Abraham his son and loved the son of Haran, his grandson. And Sarah, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abraham's wife. They went out together from four of childies in order to enter the land of Canaan they went as far as Herod and settled there verse 32 the days of Terah were 205 Terah died in Haran now the Lord said to Abraham go forth from your country from your relatives from your father's house to the land which I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and so you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed that's where we come in all the nations of the earth so Abraham went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Alright, now when Abraham was 75 years old, he departed from Haran. And Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions which they had accumulated, and the persons which they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. 
Are you there? Abraham passed through the land as far as the side of Shechem to the oak of Moran. Now the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to your descendants, I will give this land. So he built an altar there. Amen. Amen. Okay. The first uh, person who God blesses is the obedient person, someone who can obey God. Amen. Alright? Now that's a big question I want to ask you today. Can you obey God? Huh? How many of us don't pay our tithes sometimes? Can I have an honest raising of your hands? Sometimes, sometimes I don't pay it. At this age, you never pay guys before. Sometimes you don't pay guys. Raise it, raise your hand. Yes. Okay. So most of us do not pay tithes regularly. Isn't it true? Or it's not true? Yeah. How many of us do not pray as much as an hour every day. Most of us now. Okay. Good. Now, what you will realize, amen. amen. You know, you have to give me a break for one second, okay? Uh, obedience. Obedience. You know, I can stay on this for a long time. But, the truth is that um, you have to obey God. There's just no other way. Do you get it? Yes. Now, God cannot be seen. And the effect of obeying God is not something that happens, let's say, suddenly. Do you get it? Because you can't see him and he doesn't react like instantly. One pastor was having sex with uh, an Asha. Asha was a lady. Asha was a lady. That church had lady Ashes. So he was having sex with her. And um, as he was having sex with her, nothing happened. When he has sex with her, everything seems to be normal. So one day, he was having sex with a girl. And I think there was a, there was a church service also coming up. After the sex time. So the girl asked her. Because the girl, very also, I mean, Wicked person, 
when she was tired of it, or when she had had enough of it, when she came to say, made a big trouble for the pastor. The pastor lost his whole ministry over that girl. But one day, this is what she came to do. One of the things she said, she asked him that. So, don't you feel bad when you are preaching after what we have done? That's what she asked. You understand what I'm saying? And then the pastor said, she she said that the pastor said, oh. The anointing flows even more. The anointing flows what? Even more. Now, what is flowing is the grace of God. The mercy of God. The grace of God. But it does not look as though it has any effect. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It does not look as though it has any effect. Almost everything to do with God doesn't have an instant effect. So without faith, there is no aspect of the Bible that you will obey. Because there is obedience to God, there are two main things. One is this, this factor that it doesn't look like it's powerful. It doesn't look like it changes anything. When you obey God today, nothing changes. <laughs> nothing will change. Wow. Nothing will change. <laughs> nothing will change. But over time, everything will change. Oh. Yeah. Every, not, there won't be even one thing that will be left unchanged. Yeah. That's what I want you to do. You don't pay your tithes. You don't pay your tithes. Nothing will change. You won't lose your job. You've read in the Bible. I have a book that I've read. Why, how tithing Christians become rich, can become rich, and why people who don't tithe will become poor. But over time, <laughs> you will see, don't pay tithe, then devourer will come. No, devourer came, brother, I was promoted. <laughs> when you don't pay tithe, they say the canker worm and the palmer worm will come and eat. Whatever, I'm still strong. Nothing has happened to me. I'm very strong. Strongest so far. I do this. If the anointing is more, I don't pray. God is still with me. When I preach, He's there. I don't pray, He moves. All those things are like that. Almost the whole of the obedience of God is like that. That's why when I was writing this tiny book, I started to look at how long I have been paying tithes. That's when I realized I have been paying tithes for 30 years. And out of those 30 years, one third I was not working. I was a student, but I paid tithes. You get it? Yeah. Yeah. And it has had an effect gradually mm-hmm. on my life. Mm-hmm. Brother, don't close your eyes. 
Nobody should close their eyes when they're preaching. Alright? Amen. I've come a long way for you to close your eyes.
He will not like his son to live for orphans. But that's how I live. Everything I have is from offerings. I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm a priest. I'm not ashamed of that. That's my word. I live off offerings. I the money I spend is an offering. Money. You get it? Yeah. But uh, when I started out, I didn't have anywhere to stay. I didn't even know I was living late. There was nobody in the church who could be a member of the church. I mean, who could, nobody even had a car. The car, the car that I was, the car that my father gave me. The first time I drove a brand new car was a student. My father bought the car for me. Brand new with the wrappers and everything. New, fresh. That's the first time I was a student. And so that's the car that I had. That was the only church member in the church where the car was. Your student. And I said, and I, said I, I will obey him. I heard God telling me, give thyself holy to my work. Give yourself totally to my work. Yeah. All my classmates medical school, doctors, everybody left. Initially, it doesn't look like you have done anything right or wrong. After obedience, God is invisible and the effects of obedience are over time. I'm telling you, that's, that's how it is. So that's how, you see, if you don't pay tithes, you don't pray, you don't read your Bible, you don't have your quiet time, you don't live a holy life. None of those things, you can't see it tomorrow. The effect of it is not in 2009. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Over time, I'm telling you. That is why sometimes you find out that when God is doing miracles, He does it for only one person. Have you ever wondered why Jesus would go to a place and Lord of multitude of sick people, and you see only one person, and you heal the person. No, this, well, that's why I struggle so much to become a miracle healing evangelist or preacher. I didn't understand. You pray for people, a lot of them don't get, if somebody gets it, one person gets it, one person, a lot of people don't get healed. I struggled with God about this. I said that it's fake. He said, God, this type of feeling is fake. It is not real. But if it was real, if it was genuine, everybody would be here because God is the one who's come to heal. I couldn't, I couldn't find the answers until one day I went to a place in Ghana called Insawam Maximum Security Prison. When I got there, there were three sections, men, women, then condemned cells. Condemned cells are those who have committed murder and they have been condemned to death. Sentenced to death by hanging. They took me upstairs, they showed me there's a hole, you walk in it, and then they pull the whatever, and then you fall through some concrete hole from upstairs to downstairs. And then you are dead. Hope you, hope you die quickly. You get it? Yeah. yeah. 
When I went there, I felt so sorry in my heart. And I wanted to release everybody from their prison. In fact, the guy who came to meet me, I don't know if his name was Abraham. He said, I asked him, what did you do? Why did you come here? He said that I, I killed somebody. And then he was in the commercial. I said, oh, who did you kill? So I killed my son. So I said, oh. So, so I, he looked at me and said, oh, murder, Everybody hears. Because of here or because of murder? Don't you know? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's and he was holding his Bible, he was the leader of the fellowship in the condenser. Ah! I wanted to release them. So when I came out, I wanted to stand out at the prison. Okay? I said, I declare okay, by the power of Almighty God that the gates be opened and all those inside be released now in the name of Jesus. Do you, do you think it can happen? Why can it not happen? There are reasons why the people are in there. There are reasons. There are legal reasons why they are there and why they are there for life and for this time, for this time, for this time. It's not just something that happened. And it's not something you can easily reverse. No matter who you are, even the president. Yeah. When he's giving pardon, he has to give old people, people with terminal illnesses, people who have served over 30 years, people who have served over 20 years. He has to look at all that and you'll be pardoning. That's pardoned 500 prisoners, 1,000 prisoners, over 60 years, prisoners over 50, prisoners who have served for 30 years, who have served to thirds, one third of their sentence, half of their sentence. That's how he did. Even he cannot just pardon. But of course, he can pardon anybody he wants to. And he, they will show him all the people that he should pardon and he sign as he's going out of office or whatever. Started and some of his friends will release them. It's not easy to be set free. That's why Jesus came. So all the people, all the sicknesses, the, even the day that I will die, the day that you will die, there is a reason. I tell you, it's not something you just come out of. Problems in your life, as it is that so you one day I was praying for people. I said, Lord, I'm going to set them free. Because I'm a pastor, so I, I care for people. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. If you are not, if you don't care for people, you can't be a, a pastor. Yeah. Because people have problems. If you if you don't care about people and about what they are experiencing, if you don't cry for them and cry with them, you cannot be, you can never be a, a real pastor. You have to care for the people from your heart. So, I felt so much in my heart for the people. One day I was praying, praying, praying. God was not moving. And then, then when I started to pray, I said, Lord, where are you? Why are you not moving? And he asked me that. Who asked me to go and pray? I said, I have sent myself, so I should release them myself. Look at the trouble I have. So I just quickly went back to the pulpit to continue my message. <laughs> So there are reasons. Some of you disobey God for years. You say there is nothing like Kankawen. You say there is nothing like Locust. You say there is nothing like Devora. You will not pay tithes. You say there is nothing like Caterpillar, which can eat up your well. So, okay. So you go on for years. And the Caterpillar too, it walks slowly. So it can
married, we have to beg you. Really. Or, when you are not married, you are jumping around like a frog, calling your life in other people's lives. Is it true or is it not true? So don't look at me with some holy eyes and say, What is he talking about? What is he talking about? You don't understand these examples. Mark your face. Convenient. 
behind the gold and the silver and the, the whole world is being manipulated as if it's being controlled by money, but actually it's devils. Yeah. That's what it is. So the first disconnection from that power is tiny. It's the first disconnection. I said I've been paying tithe since I was a student. And I remember that I paid tithe because of the advice I gave from my friend. Sister. That's what makes me remember. So you lose the, the powers, the power is lost. Now, when God tells me that, okay, leave your profession that you studied hard, which you know you are going to end. So you see, again, He's disconnecting you from another power. You see, at the higher level, and another level, and another level, and another level. So He keeps disconnecting you and bringing Him closer to Himself. But the most basic, early, Basic foundational disconnection that you have is tithing. Where you believe what Leviticus 27 verse 30 says that the tithe belongs to the Lord. It is God's mandate. So when that basic one has not happened in your life, then you are so basically connected to devils and connected to the world, to the world system and controlled by money and not by God. It is the most basic when I find a Christian who does not pay that, it is even the one of the first signs of backsliding does not pay that. When a person who pays tithes is backsliding, first thing he stops his paying tithes. It's one of the first. One day there was a sister whose husband was backsliding, but she didn't want to accept it. So I said to her, Does your husband pay tithes? I said, Oh, he's not paid for some time, he stopped. And I said, Look, your husband is backsliding. And today he's not in the church. Now this was a person who his, his, his products in the church are pastors. Not that he is a pastor. His products are pastors. And it's, it's off. Went off five to a deeper, but the person was not tired. But again, I said that you can laugh at it if you want. My blessings are so much that I cannot say that. If I, I wish, as a pastor, that I could even share with you some of the things that God has blessed me with. As I've been serving him and following him. Never in my wildest imagination would I have been able to organize for myself what God has done for me as I've been serving him. I know, Master. I've, I've, I've been there. I've been there where I see people. You wish that they will remember to give you $100 or $50. I've been there. I've been at that stage of my life. But I'm at a stage where if I lose $100, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know that I've lost it. Yeah. I've been there for where I walk and I'm looking for some money that somebody has dropped. If or Open my eyes. You see something on the floor. Have you been there before? Lord, bless me today. Let somebody drop 50 pounds and let me take it to the Lord Jesus. But it has never happened to me before. But I've, I've been with a brother who has, has happened to me before. A lot of money. Not a lot of 
he's, he's always able to get money from the ground. <laughs> in fact, he had a particular place that he goes to have <laughs> Prayer. Prayer is like that. If you like, don't pray. Nothing will change in your life. If it's preaching, like, don't pray and preach. Nothing will change. Don't wait on God. Nothing will change in your ministry. It's truth. <laughs> it's that, that's, that's how it is. Don't pray. Don't be there. Don't pray. This week, next week, nothing will change. Over time. The one that I learned some of this from prayer by Yogi Joe. He was praying, praying. Pastor Elijah was He was sharing. You know, he's 74 years old. He was telling us, he said, in the last 10 years, he has given offerings of $170 million. Wow. That's the offering that he has given. One seventy million. Hmm? It's a blessing of God. Be so rich. It's possible. And he, one of his, his emphasis on life is the blessing of God. Hmm? Wow. wow. <laughs> you, you, you may not know. He believes in prayer. 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 I did all these things. But what I'm saying is that if you like to be there, don't pray. Nothing will change. You can't pray. I people say, I thought I was praying. Like you said, in Deuteronomy, and it was very good. It was correct. It was powerful. You know what I'm saying? You don't pray. But they are blessed. Isn't it? Yeah. You commit medication, abortion, you are taking pills, loops, everything. You are having them. You are in the church. The pastor cannot see inside your vagina to see that there's a new pastor. cannot see. The pastor cannot see. The Bible says that. Isn't it? Yeah. Ten virgins who were uh, coming for the wedding. That's right. All of them were virgins. And it's not easy to get a virgin these days, but they were all virgins. Yeah. Probably say ten were virgins, ten were not, but they were all virgins. Ten virgins. They were all dressed in the same way. They all had lamps. But the difference was something little which made a big difference. Do you see? So, it's a little thing, but you see that it will change everything. So my friend, so you see my brother, my sister, you need to obey the Lord. You need to decide like Abraham. If you want Abraham's blessings, what is it that God says? I am going to try. Now we as pastors, even if you don't obey, we will still love you. Yeah. We will still see you later. We will see how is it. When trouble comes, you call us, we will come. Yeah. We will come and sit there. Oh, oh, oh. 
Let's pray in Jesus' name. But we know that the prayer will not be answered. You understand? And we know that nothing will change about this. You know what I'm saying? But what, what should we do? We have to pray. We have to come. So we know. Because the thing is more than it's not, it's not just what you calling us. You see, that's why I said when I went to that prison, I wanted to release everybody. But you learn with time that the things that are happening, they, they, they go way beyond. What's your name? One day, there was a certain lady. She was a powerful lady. And how do I say this story? Her life ended. She died in a very unfortunate way. You know? And I felt very, very, very sad when she died. Very, very sad. In fact, her, her son was describing to me how the body was. I felt so sad. As he was describing. But you see, that's all that you know. It's a very person. Then one day, my mother, who knew that lady, just passed a comment. And I said, hey, she described how this lady went for somebody's husband and destroyed the family took the man, and that family was disintegrated by this woman. I mean, she, she, she was not relating it to the woman's death. But it was just something that she just, just mention as history. Something that would happen. But like I sat back and I said, hey. You see, many times we do not connect this and this. This and that. I'm not saying that that happened to her because you did this. But you see, you don't know. You don't know. That's as you disintegrated somebody's house. Maybe a disintegration has also come to you. You get it? What I'm trying to explain to you, my brother, my sister, is that Christianity, there is a God who behaves as if he is not alive. I said, there is a God who behaves as if he's, he's, he's deaf and dumb. Mm-hmm. But he says in his way, my hand is not short. My ear is not closed. That I cannot see. That I cannot stretch out my hand. But it is, it is to allow us to walk the walk of faith. And obey him and obey him and obey him and obey him until the very end. And every time you obey God, He will come up with something else that you have to obey. That is a little more, and a little more, and a little more, and a little more, and a little more. Hallelujah. So, and the blessings of Abraham, the blessings of long life, the blessings of riches, the blessings of family uh, uh, survival, of marriage, the blessing of, of your descendants, 
the blessings of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are to come upon you, it will start with obedience. I was sitting by a certain man two days ago and he told me, he said, I have seen angels many times. The first time I saw an angel was I fasted for 40 days. The angel came to me. And the man told me, he said, I had I own 300 houses. Yeah. 300 houses, one man in America. A pastor. He said, now I have only 46 houses. Yeah. Some of them are up. Yeah. He said, the first time I put, can you fast for 40 days and night? Maybe when you fast for 40 days, the Lord has if the Lord has asked you to fast for 40 days and night. You may also see an angel. I've never fasted 40 days and night before. Maybe I've not asked you to fast 40 days and night. And you go and fast 40 days and night. You can easily die. So be careful. Okay? Are you listening? I wish you would start to obey God. How, how can you obey God? Many of you here, you, you are not even at the level where we, we, we even talk about obeying God to be a pastor. Do you see? Yeah. One day, I went to a certain town in Europe. And this town was full of, uh, I went to the church. And when I was there, I realized that I could not share anything about working for God. You know why? Because of the people that were in the church. Look, as I was sitting at the back of the pastor, he was showing me the people. There were three ladies that were leading the worship. So I said, who are those? <laughs> That one is a prostitute. <laughs> that one is a witch. They should be. These ones are witches. Someone said that these are witches. These are prostitutes. <laughs> witches and prostitutes. Two hours. Some, one of them even came to give a testimony. One day. Yeah, she gave a testimony that she was at work, a prostitute. And a certain man came and he was pumping, 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 doing everything there. Suddenly he had a heart attack or something, he collapsed and he fell down. And she rose up in the name of Jesus. She rose up and then the man rose There is no job they can do that, that comes anywhere near what they what they get from the prostitution. And he told me that every lady that he knows has done some of that work before. And he said some of them have come. He was telling about some Nigerian ladies that have come. They have cut their pubic hair and made a cushion with it and done some covenants and other things. Pay fifty thousand dollars. They have to pay the fifty thousand dollars back, and other than before they are free from that covenant. You know, all kinds of things. 
So you, you look at it and you say, wow. You know, I mean, we cannot yet, we have to talk about breaking of that covenant. Because they come out of it. Can you break that covenant and come out of it? See, but many people will not. And don't, don't look as if strange. Yeah. Many of us are more than prostitutes. Yeah. When you count the number of people that you stick with different yeah. ways and times, yeah. maybe they don't give you cash, but in kind, you are paying in kind. Yeah. 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 So we cannot go further to talk about other things. Because the basic obedience to God is not there. True or not true? Is what I'm saying true or is not true? So God wants us to grow up. Amen. And start to obey Him in some of the most basic things that are there in the Word of God. That's why I'm not talking about tithing. We are not talking about even being a partner of Jesus or even giving any special offering. Yeah, I prefer, I want you to pay your tithes than to give any special offering. I prefer that you pay your tithes. Yeah. The only reason why we take special offering is because people don't pay tithes. If you were to pay your tithes, we would never take any special offering. Maybe we would, but we wouldn't even need much. Remember, we went to a church, they don't, they don't even take offerings. It took three days, they don't take offerings. And they told me 90 something percent everybody pays that. And if they give one offering, the highest you have ever seen before from a congregation like that. Yeah. So, brothers and sisters, obedience to God is very, very important. And I want you to start to obey God in the most basic. God says, go, go. Come to church. Come to church. That one too is a struggle. How will your children start from the level of 1,400 when they have not learned the culture of coming to church? Eh? How many of you have got children? What are you teaching your children if you don't go to church regularly? If they never see you pray, you think they will ever learn how to pray? That's why I said that you see, you are going to let your children start also from zero. Just as you are at zero, starting from zero. They are also going to start from zero. Yeah. Because they, they never saw mommy pray. I mean that one day. I was speaking to a certain young lady who was the daughter of somebody who was getting divorced. And up, surprisingly, the lady, the little the young girl was on the side of her mother. You know when they are divorcing, the children choose which side. But surprisingly, the, the daughter was on the side of the husband. And one of the things she said, my mother doesn't pray. She doesn't read the Bible. She said, the only time I've seen my mother read the Bible is if she's going to preach. She's only watching films. Films, 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 films. That's it. That's the only time I've seen her read the Bible is when she's going to preach. So you see, you see the children are watching. They've never learned that. Mommy prays. Daddy prays. And they will grow up and they will say, like I told you, President Nixon. He will say, my mother said. My father said. 
My mother always told me. My father said, you see, and they don't see it in you. So we always went to church. We always went to church together on Sunday. We always went to church. My mother always prayed. My father always prayed. That's how you train a child. Training is different from teaching. Stop talking. They watch over repeated. Mommy does this. Mommy does this. Daddy does this. Daddy does this. Mommy does this. Mommy does this. Daddy does this. But they don't see anything new from you. I see something else. Huh? How, would they, how would they start from a, a higher level from where you started from? How would things be better when they didn't see it? That's also that you should allow your children to come to them so that even they will take the pastor as their father. Preach. Yeah, so they'll take the pastor as their father. Oh, yeah. And the, the, the pastor in the church becomes the father that they can look up to. Are you listening to me? So my brother, obeying God is very, very important. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet and pray that God will give you the spirit of obedience.